It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. With the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. Oh, nice! Welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. He is your host. I am a sidekick. He is the stallion. I am the enforcer. And we welcome you back to another edition, another show, episode 1624 of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are coming to you live, as always. From the all night arena, it's Joe's house, and uh, my kitchen. As per the boss is downstairs doing work, Joe, and I just I'm mobile. I'm rolled the punches kind of guy. This is what we do. I mean, you're flexible if nothing else. I think that's really that's the important thing. And um, I think this is our second straight show now that we've appeared on the Wrestling Perspective Network, and. Um, we really appreciate again those guys allowing us to be on their network. They have several good shows out there. If you check out their um, their iTunes, their Blog Talk Radio feed, um, several different shows, interviews, things like that, they're out there, including ours. Yeah, if anybody wants to listen to you know those types of things. So. Wrestling Perspective Network. If you were at Ring of Honor Final Battle over the weekend, you got a card from us telling you about this show. But this show cannot be made possible without Blue Chew. Everybody, bluechew.com, WPP is your promo code. You pay $5 shipping and handling to give your love life the rude awakening. I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm taking pills. You never know if they're breaking down in the body. This is what I do for a living, not bluechew, but I do supplements. I know what supplements do. I tell people stay away from the hard tablets. Stay away from the pills. You can. You go liquid. You go chewable, dissolvable. That's what Blue Chew has done, man. They've made life a lot easier for people looking to, uh, you know, spice up the love life, if you will. And for only five bucks shipping and handling, you get it sent to your door. You don't have to go to the doctor and, you know, make an excuse. Oh, my testosterone's low. I'm over 25. Let's be honest here. Everybody wants a little uh, pick-me-up. Mark McGuire wouldn't have hit 79 home runs without the little, uh, you know, added bonus. So that's what we're doing here. Blue Chew, WPP is the promo code, $5 shipping and handling. Yeah, I mean, if you can't if you can't trust the uh, the enforcer when it comes to supplements, who can you trust? And that's, where, that's really been the motto of my life um, up until this, this very moment. Big pop and pump. Holler if you hear me. The big bad booty daddy. There's a lot of reads we can do for Blue Chew with all these names here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to them for next week. I feel good. I feel good about that. So um the J drill. You know, I think it's it's endless. There's a lot of a lot of great well, emotions. That's it's funny. That's exactly what people are saying about Blue Chew. It is endless, Joe. It's funny you should say that. WPP five dollars shipping and handling. Come on, it's a perfect stocking stuffer. You want to stuff your stocking this year, you use Blue Chew. Okay. Well, I think that w- what we wanted to discuss this week, um, you know, last week we talked a little bit about Ring of Honor and, and Final Battle and, and what was happening coming out of that. And um, this week, I think one of, if not the bigger stories, is um, WWE's attempt to try to improve their television programming week to week. Um, it came out over the weekend 
that Vince McMahon was going to be returning to Monday Night Raw um, to, quote, shake things up. And uh, nobody really knew what that meant. Um, but I think it was just a, a way to try to get more people to watch uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live. Monday Night Raw's ratings have been consistently going down uh, for quite some time now. And I guess it got to a point where Vince decided he needed to do something to to shake things up. And um, I guess as far as those who did or didn't see Monday Night Raw, just a, a quick recap of what they did. Um, it was Vince basically came out with Stephanie and Shane and Triple H, and they declared that they were taking back uh, both Raw and SmackDown, seemingly eliminating the general manager positions, and that they would be running both shows uh, kind of on their own. And uh, they um, kind of, you know, gave a little spiel about how they were going to give the fans what they wanted, and now the fans were the authority, and like all these types of things. So, are you as, getting um, arrested? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to get arrested. So I'll just open it up, and then I'll let you take it from here. As um, let me tell you something. The I'm watching. Raw. Are circling the way, circling my house. So I'll let you go from here. We had a good run. I'm watching Raw on Monday night, and of course, I'm going to tune in because the boss is going to be there, and. Uh, I thought Vince McMahon was going to retire. I think a lot of people did. And when he comes out and he tells us what the people want more and what we need, and you have three McMahons in the ring with Triple H, for the love of God, are you telling me that the people need more McMahons, more Shane McMahon, more Vince, more Stephanie? That's the last thing we need. The last time the WWE needed a kick in the pants, CM Punk sat on top of of the entranceway and drop the pipe bomb promo. And that is because of who CM Punk was, not because of what they wrote, not because of the 500 bookers and Michael P.S. Hayes and the road dog and Jamie Noble and all that stuff. No, it's because CM Punk had these grievances 10 years ago and it's going to be 2019 and those grievances still hold true. So while the WWE did get better for a period of time, it has gotten considerably worse. And I being a fan of, we've both been watching wrestling for, God knows, almost thirty years. It's uh the WWE to me is right now at its most, uh, second most unwatchable since uh, the first to me being, I think you'll agree with me, the JBL era. Is that fair? <laughs> the JBL era on SmackDown was definitely a tough watch, uh, at least at that at that point for me. Yeah, I think it's just been very stale um, in a lot of different ways, and. Um, I agree with your point about the whole, you know, putting more McMahons on TV or more, more airtime for them, which is kind of the opposite of, I think of what people might want. But I guess my first question is in terms of, you know, are they really going to be able to change and can they really change is how do they measure or figure out what people want, right? Like how is, you know, Vince is going to say, or Triple H is going to say on TV, we're going to give the fans what they want. So how do they know what the fans really want, right? Like, and there's a lot of, and on top of that, I guess, sub question. There's a lot of different. Did you did you just high fidelity me? I did. There's a lot of different, you know, um, segments or categories of fans, right? There's the fans like us who have been watching for you know 20, 30 years. Um, people who follow very closely read the internet news and things like that. There's the you know, kind of casual fans who just watch on TV from time to time of different ages. And there's the young, you know, the young group of like the kids and who are really kind of just there for the show and the entertainment and stuff like that. So how do they go about determining what people really do want to improve 
television ratings and you know whatever else they're looking to approve, whether that's t-shirt sales or live event tickets or whatever it is. Well, I mean, if you go to their their Facebook page and they post like a video on Facebook, the first I don't know ten thousand comments are people just um, just literally berating them for how bad their product is. But I think if you listen to any other podcast, like if you listen to um. Bruce Pritchard, for example, and he's a guy that I listen to a lot because he has some good insight. However, but he believes, and I think he believes that Vince believes that those people are the vocal minority and the smallest group make the most amount of noise. But I don't think that considering the success of All In, I don't think that's true anymore because you just all at All In, you fit almost 12,000 people into an arena and those people follow the young bucks and their internet marks and they would be the, uh, the vocal minority. But now you have the people that are, I mean, you don't have a Roman reigns on TV. You don't have a John Cena on TV. So you don't have that one person. The little kids can flock to, you don't have the Hulk Hogan's. Um, and you have, I, you have on raw, no people that you get behind, but only for a certain amount of time. Like apparently like the, the Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins match, and everybody thought Seth Rollins was going to be, you know, the heir apparent and take the title off of Lesnar. People aren't really as behind him as they thought, uh, according to the pay per view. And you have a guy like Braun Strowman who got over naturally, absolutely 100% by himself, by his character, by his gimmick, by his mannerisms, by his size. And you stopped and started with him so many times that people stopped caring. So it, it, it's tough to see who wants what. I, I guess if you're going to go by ratings, I, if you if you look at ratings this time of year because of Monday Night Football and how popular Monday Night Football is because it's getting to the playoffs or where you're right where is the barometer and who who do you start listening to and when and how do you start listening to them is my question right you know and I know that sometimes they send out these surveys um, to people via email right but a lot of the people I think that would receive a survey or would get asked questions it's a lot of the, you know it's it's WWE Network subscribers right and that's not everybody. Um, you know, that's not all the fans, right? It's probably their most hardcore or, you know, or their most dedicated audience. So, you know, folks like us or people that are, you know, watching every pay-per-view and some of the original content and things that are on there. So if you, you know, if, if they go by that, then, you know, would they really go ahead and change the product, right? I mean, if people, if, if they ask people like who are their favorite wrestlers to watch on Monday Night Raw, I'm sure people are going to say, you know, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman and, um, you know, people like that. But they're already pushing those guys. So, like, what you know? How do? How are they going to change it in such a way to make more people entertained by the show? And you know, I've heard people in like just show recaps that I read for Raw and SmackDown, where people seem to get frustrated by some of the stupid comedy segments and wasting of some of the talent in that role versus having them doing more in ring in ring com- competing and things like that. But you know, that, that comedy stuff, as far as I've understood, is something that Vince always feels is an important part of the show, right? Because that's why he calls it entertainment or instead of, you know, just pro wrestling. Yeah, and um, not for nothing, I have no problem with the comedy stuff. I believe the issue that a lot of people have with television right now is that how over-scripted it is. And you're not allowing these people to be themselves. And that's – I mean. One of the great things about ECW was Paul Heyman let these guys be themselves and they got over on their character. Tommy Dreamer took a hell of a beating and he kept coming forward, but that's who he was as a person. Sandman was himself. Sabu was himself. Like Taz 
Taz came up with his own gimmick and ran with it and was one of the most successful ECW stars of all time because he wasn't, you know, your 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 promos are not down to the second, down to the word, down to the inflection. There is something to be said for, like, as much as I don't like him, like a Conor McGregor. Like, this guy, did he steal from pro wrestling? Absolutely. But he decided to do it his own way, cut his own promos leading up to fights and stuff like that, and people cared about him. I can't, I would much, I'm much more likely to get behind somebody who's a little more genuine than somebody like Baron Corbin, who is reading off of a cue card and has to pause and learn how to put inflection. Like, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be behind Baron Corbin in any stretch of the imagination. He sounds phony. He sounds fake. He's got a terrible acting voice. Um, he's not bad in the ring, but he's not a guy that's going to be able to carry the thread of a show for three hours and 15 minutes because that's just not who he is. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let the guy do his thing. I'll watch him for I'll watch him for a, a, a year straight, you know. But there's the characters are not genuine, and there's no creativity left. And you ha- you you bring everybody to the. I think it comes from the fact that you bring everybody to the performance center, and everybody at the performance center does their own thing. You know, well they they don't do their own thing. They do what they're I, scripted to. They all learn the same way. They all wrestle the same way. They all cut the same promos. You're all learning from the same trainers. There's no individuality. And I think that's why, like, um, Kevin Owens, you know, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they had some really fun stuff. They had some good back and forth. Uh, he, he was the last kind of guy that I can remember had his own kind of creative vision. Elias, I will, you know, give him a credit on some things. Like, Elias, they did really well with Elias, and he's very funny and he's very entertaining. But everybody else, like, I love Seamus and Cesaro, I love the bar. But some of their promos literally drained the life's blood out of me, then pick me up by my ankles and bash my brains against the tree. Because when you when you watch it, it's not it's not them talking. It's 25 writers writing for them and how they should talk. And you, you can't do that for everybody. And it just makes it, it lacks authenticity in every aspect of the show for me. Yeah, I think so. It, it- in ter- it's overproduced, um, or that's how it feels. And I think that goes for a lot of the wrestlers, if not all of them, and also the commentary and, and the backstage interviewers and all those things. They all just seem the same. Like the commentary on the show, I mean, if we're talking about Raw specifically, or you know, we can probably get into SmackDown too because it's very similar, but it's very, you know, I've, I've heard Michael Cole's voice on television for. 20 years and he's just very very it's very the same thing every single week and Corey Graves is on both shows I liked Corey Graves when he came up and was on NXT and I liked him as a wrestler first I liked this gimmick as a wrestler I thought it was different yeah so but like but now he's again I, I hear him too much I hear him for five hours a week and then you know they you have they've been watch both shows well they just there he's on five hours a week and, and if you have a pay-per-view he's on nine hours a week you know like and it's, he's on the pre-show and he's yeah, it's 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 crazy. And they've been doing this thing with the announcers on Raw specifically, I guess, because I watch Raw more than I watch SmackDown, where you know he and other people, you know, will have arguments. He's arguing with Renee Young. He would argue with Jonathan Coachman. He would argue oh, with Booker T. Yeah, like I just I don't understand how that's supposed to make me feel better about or want to watch the show. Like I don't know if Vince is just bored himself by watching these shows and he's trying to create some more entertainment by having the announcers argue with each other but i don't know i think it's over for me it's it's, the time has come 
Well, but, let me piggyback on that while it's going on. Uh, I think that's why it was so important back in the day on Raw and SmackDown. Like, the voice of SmackDown was Taz and Michael Cole. That's I, I feel like I'm putting over Taz a lot in this episode, but Taz and Michael Cole were so different than the King and JR on Monday Night Raw. I absolutely loved Taz on commentary. I thought he even got better in TNA, um, but it was such a different voice, whereas Michael Cole talks like this every single week, and Corey Graves has the same thing every single week, and now Renee Young is like this kind of tweener defending her husband, Dean Ambrose, and I'm not buying into any of it. I watch, I go back and I watch Royal Rumble 1988 today. I love the back and forth between Vince McMahon and between uh, Jesse Ventura. I think it was absolutely hilarious. Like I lo- also loved – the authenticity, again, in the calling of the matches, it was the Jumping Bomb Angels versus the Glamour Girls. And before the, the end of the match happened, they had three count, and Jesse Ventura was like, and McMahon, I think her shoulder was up. And he's like, ah, what are you talking about? And they went back, but it was off the cuff. And he Ventura was calling how her shoulder was up, and Vince was like downplaying it because it clearly wasn't supposed to happen. But you, you lose that. And I, I think that's a great point by you. Everything just sounds the same. And, you know, building off of that, you know, we talk about, you know, allowing you, you mentioned allowing wrestlers to be more like themselves. And we've heard guys like Jim Ross over the years talk about how, you know, when Steve Austin got to be himself, when Mick Foley got to be himself, when Triple H got to be more like himself, Shawn Michaels, people like that in the 90s, they got more over or, you know, they were more entertaining to the crowd. Right. So it seems like one of the things that they the current product is, is looking to do is when they, they want to, quote unquote, shake things up. They're now bringing up a handful of talent from NXT. So on Raw, and I don't know if it was specific to Raw or with Raw and SmackDown, they decided they're going to bring up several talents. And the talents that they named were Lars Sullivan, uh, EC3, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross, right? So both they've got shows, these. By the way. They're both shows, right? On SmackDown, they announced because we were talking about it, not to dive off, but we were talking maybe those are going to be six for Raw and SmackDown was going to be separate. They announced the same six on SmackDown, the exact same video package. Okay. Yeah. So those those six competitors are gonna are gonna come up to the main roster, right? So that's great because they've all done they've all had their different levels of success in NXT and uh, they feel that they're ready to come to the main roster. That's great. Are they gonna let them be the same characters that they were in NXT? Are they gonna make jokes out of some of these people? In the last set of guys, and I don't remember all of them off the top of my head, but I'm thinking of the last group of folks that were call-ups from NXT, right? Authors of Pain. Polly should, should have been immediately put as the dominant tag team and won the tag titles right away. Instead, it took months. Um, they lost singles matches. Um, they have Drake, Madrick as, Drake Maverick as their manager who's peeing on things. And uh, they're not anywhere near what they were in NXT. Somebody like even No Way Jose came up. Never hear from him again, right? He was kind of like an entertaining opening act type guy every once in a while. Comes up to the main roster, they don't do anything with him. Sanity, really good stable in NXT. You can have a lot of different combinations of matches with those guys, whether it's tag team, singles match, right? Eric Young's involved. They haven't been doing anything. I know they showed up on SmackDown last night. They haven't really been doing much. Andrade Cien Almas was the world's champion in NXT. Had a lot of really good feuds and a really a lot of really good matches. Has a really good manager in Zelina Vega. He's been jobbing on TV a lot since he came up to SmackDown. They haven't done anything with him. So what confidence well, do you have? Yeah, had him in the main event, and then yeah, he got pinned. Well, he didn't get pinned, but his team lost. But whatever. So yeah, 
he's but he's been up for months and they haven't really done anything with him. They he's just lost a bunch of matches to guys like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and people like that. So what what confidence should I have in them bringing up these six these six new ta- you know talents from NXT and whatever show they go on that they're going to do something with them, right? The Iconics came up and they've done they basically a joke. Like I, I just don't know why I should think that they're not they're going to actually push these new talents from NXT and I'm not going to end up seeing Randy Orton and the big show Rey Mysterio Rey Mysterio Jeff and Jeff Hardy and Kane's going to come back and like I don't why how why should I believe they're going to do these things and actually start to phase out some of the older faces and let these new talents succeed I can't think of a reason um we heard 6 months ago 7 months ago Stephanie McMahon say the same same um stuff she's said today I don't can we talk about what happens next week without giving out a spoiler? I don't want to for Raw. Or you know what? Um, it's not going to be a spoiler. I'm, yeah. It's not going to be a spoiler, but there's a match next week on Raw. They announced it already. It's a miracle on 34th street fight. At some point during the match, um, Leo Rush gets eggnog poured all over him. What? You got Bobby Lashley, right? Who was a beast. A beast in Impact. Impact did very well with Bobby Lashley. That's kind of where he made a name for himself after he came back. And now you got him literally spreading his butt cheeks every Raw. And you got, I don't mind the pairing of him and Leo Rush. I actually kind of like it. Bobby Lashley should be your killer heel who you're grooming to face Brock. He should be a guy that's taken seriously. Vince McMahon loves toilet humor and all that garbage. and, And that's fine, but... You're going to do that with Bobby Lashley, one of the most legitimate athletes. Is it because he had success in TNA? And you're like, you know what? Let me beat him down a little bit. I, I don't understand the reason behind it. But you can't in the same breath tell me you are going to have a change. You understand what the fans want and then have Bobby Lashley bend over and, and grab his butt on the same show. And then the week after, his manager gets bathed in eggnog. You've you already lost me. Yeah, and I don't know if they're just going to tread water until 2019 starts or not. I don't know what their thought was there. I mean, if they were going to do that, then they shouldn't have had the McMahons come out and make the announcement that they were going to quote unquote take the shows back until the first week in January. But um, yeah, it's I, I don't know what if they you know I guess it goes back to the question of do they really know what people want and how are they going to figure out what people want to get the ratings to go up? Um, you know, I know that they've done some things. Like on SmackDown, they have now they have Mustafa Ali, who has been on 205 Live and doing well there. And now he's been brought up to SmackDown or brought over to SmackDown. And he's now part of the SmackDown roster, which is fine, I guess, if you want to do that. And he got a big win in a tag match over the over the WWE champion last night. So maybe they're going to do something with him. But why, again, until they can show me that they're willing to push new wrestlers and get away from the guys who have been around for a long time and keep things fresh and keep new talents coming in um, and get away from some of the, the, you know, making people look like jokes and making people look silly. Um, I don't see that they're going to, things are going to change. I, you got to have a more serious product. And I know you're looking at your, your demographic is now a very wide range of ages um, with kids, but you know, there's, there's, there's ways to do it where stuff isn't totally stupid. Um, in a lot of different segments, and like the one you mentioned with the eggnog, and you know, stuff every like holiday that. there's some ridiculous whatever. 
Yeah, there's you a know, Thanksgiving I, match, there's a Halloween match, there's a I Christmas match. For the days of the gobbledygooker. Remember when people were the gobbledygooker up until 2000, maybe three or four, was the height of wrestle crap, right? Like the absolute worst of the worst. There's things once a month this year, like the last five years, that have been worse than the gobbledygooker, without, without a doubt. Another guy that toiled along in obscurity for God knows how long after he debuted was Mike Bennett. You know, Mike Bennett came back. He's in the best shape of his life. Uh, I'm sorry, Michael Canellis. And uh, it, I don't know, maybe if it's because Maria was pregnant and they didn't want to, you know, they wanted to hold him. And then he, you debuted him. He had the power of love, great theme song, great look, yada, yada, yada. Sends him to a five live. Uh, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I, I was truly, honestly afraid that they were going to bring up the Undisputed Era on SmackDown. However, if they do come up, SmackDown is the place for them. Because then you look at the SmackDown roster, Cesaro, Sheamus, New Day, Usos, Undisputed Era, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Mustafa Ali, by far the best wrestling um, roster. But I, I've i seen it all, and I've, being a fan as long as I have been, I've seen it all and I've heard it all. And luckily for me, it's not, you know, in 2003, 2004 is when I kind of fell out of professional wrestling and it's because of the WWE's product, but it's also because it was a different time and there weren't so many alternatives. Luckily it's easier to consume wrestling now. So uh, there's always going to be something I'm going to want to watch, but until you show me that you, you care about these guys until you, you show me that you give us a reason to care and you, and you get rid of that 50, 50 garbage booking where one guy wins for two weeks and he loses for a tag match singles. So wrestler a and B or wrestling wrestler C and D. And then you have one guy from each tag team wrestle each other one week, one guy from each team wrestle each other the next week. And then the tag teams wrestle a third week. And they have a rematch in the fourth week. That has been prototypical booking for as long as I can remember. And creativity. I watched last week uh, Bobby Root when Bobby Root won the title from Drake Maverick and AOP. Drake Maverick went for a lazy cover. Bobby Root hooked the um, hooked the arm, hooked the leg, and rolled him over for the three count. That was a week ago. On this week on Raw, Alicia Fox and uh, who's the opener? Alicia Fox and Bailey. They did the exact same finish. Literally the exact same finish. It's like there's no communication whatsoever. And you have, what, what, 30 writers, 40 writers every single episode? There needs to be – I'm not asking for Omega Okada every single week. I'm not asking even for Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles every single week. But I'm asking for good matches that people are going to care about and with characters people are going to be able to get behind because you've shown to have faith in them. The Revival, they they – they should the good uh, Gallows and Anderson. They came back on SmackDown this week, and Corey Graves said they haven't been on TV since August. It's December twentieth. What were they doing? I don't. I don't know, man. It's God. Yeah, no. I think. And I guess, like, just to you know. So, and I don't want to keep you know being too we'll negative about this stuff. So, the, I guess if, if 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 you know, I I'm asking the question, or if I'm going to answer the question, of what what can they do, or what should they do, right? To um, you know, either make things a little bit better or maybe give the fans what they want. And I think it's, you know, for me, it's, it's two things, you know, and it's outside of some of the stuff that's out of my, out of control with how many hours of TV they have each week and all that type of stuff. I know three hours of raw is really difficult. I don't like it, but I don't think that's going to change. So to me, it's two things. It's one, letting the wrestlers be more of themselves, like their own personalities and having not everybody sound so 
overproduced or so, uh, so similar. And the second thing is, yes, bring in new talent, but you have to cycle in cycle talent in and out. Right. So it's cool that Randy Orton has been on television for 15 years, but <laughs> it's really not because, and he's gone through gimmick changes. So it's not like he's been the same character for those 15 years, but when we were younger, and I know it was a little different too because WCW is around and guys could go back and forth and kind of get a fresh start um, or maybe even get a new gimmick. But you can't have the same guy with the same gimmick on television for so long because people are going to get tired of it. People got tired of Hulk Hogan when he was on TV for so long. They started booing him in the early 90s. Five or six years of Hulkamania for them to get tired. Yeah, and even even Stone Cold was, you know, he hit his peak in like 97, and by 2003, he was retired, you know, and he had turned yeah, to feel had a that. a lot less programming than they do now and a lot less exposure they do now, so that's a great point. Right, so I think it's just, I think it's just, you know, there's no, I know there's no territories and there's not as much stuff now, like Impact is kind of a different um, animal and so is ROH and some things like that, but you have to, if you're going to bring up some of these, you know, younger talents, you have to push them and put them on TV and take some of the people that have been on TV and had their chance and aren't getting over and aren't drawing ratings and, and take them off TV. And if that means guys, I don't want to, I'm not advocating anybody to lose their job, but I think if somebody has been with the company for however many years and it's clear that they're just not a draw and they're not, you know, a talent that's going to be benefiting the company, you got to let them go. And that's another thing about when you talk about, I'll, I'll you know, end it with this point as far as like when you look at WrestleMania, which is like six hours now or whatever it is to me, WrestleMania used to be, you made it. You made it on the card because your storyline, your character, your matches were getting over, and you earned your spot on WrestleMania. All right, it's not let's get everybody on the show because we want everybody to have the experience of WrestleMania. If you're not good enough to get on the show, and your storyline, your angle, and your and your whatever it is that you're doing is not, you know, drawing enough attention to make it to the main card of WrestleMania, you're not on. And I don't want to watch six hours of matches that nobody, half of them, nobody cares about. It's still a three to four hour show is what they should do. You put on the people that are working hard, that are having the best matches and having the best storylines and the best angles, make the titles mean something. And that's it. And I'm sorry if, you know, Zack Ryder or somebody doesn't get on the card because he's not in an angle that people care about. You know, maybe it's time for him to go do something different and several other guys too. And I think that's the big thing. If you're going to have NXT as a feeder system and bring them up to the main roster, you have to create space for them to be themselves and have, and have time on TV. And that's, I think to me, it needs to kind of go back towards that where you're drawing people in with storylines and characters. And if they're not getting over, then you're not on TV anymore. Like that's the bottom line. I, I agree with everything you've just said. And speaking of people like letting people be themselves, like for example, uh, the Briscoe brothers, just take them for example, like the Briscoe brothers seven or eight years ago, uh, had a trial with WWE and they told they weren't, uh, what cosmetically pleasing. Is that what the word was? I believe that was the term. Yeah. Guess what? You're never going to get Jane Mark Briscoe to read a teleprompter and cut a promo. You know why? Because Jane Mark Briscoe are the most believable people of their characters that I've ever seen in my entire life. Do you know why? Because that's who they are. When, when Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe cut a promo, you believe everything they said. We watched that promo the other day. I thought he was going to kill the Young Bucks. You know why? Because he said it and he looked at it and he believed it. And that's what people – and I think people are afraid to do that right now because you have to answer to so many different people backstage. Everybody's got an opinion on what you should be doing, but that's not how – that's not how you get people over. And I think what you said about creativity and NXT, like they just brought – like for example – um, Gallows and Anderson have been off TV for four months. Why can't somebody like a Randy Orton do that? You work your house shows. You do your spot shows even. But, like, we don't need a steady diet of you. We don't need a steady diet of anybody who's not in the main event title picture. You know, have him 
it's okay to not be on the top, you know, because wrestling is cyclical. You'll you'll be back on top again. I'm sure you're, you're Randy Orton. But just because for a year, you know, 6, 10, 12 months, you're maybe you're in the opening match or, you know, you're doing a different angle. Like people need to – I know Vince likes lifers. He likes people to be in that – in the organization forever. But like you said, a Zack Ryder, there's nothing more Zack Ryder can do. Love Zack Ryder. Woo, woo, you know, internet champion. Gotcha. Well, you're wasting your time. At this point, your career, I shouldn't say you're wasting your time because if your goal is to collect a paycheck and make money for your family and you're comfortable with what you're doing right now, then that's great. But I, I don't want to come off crass here, but don't complain about it then. If you're going to sit there and you're going to do the same thing over and over and over, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. If you're out there and you're grabbing the brass rings and you're putting on great matches and you're still not getting to where you want to be, don't be afraid to leave. Don't be afraid to, like you said, to reinvent yourself and come back. But there's there's other places out there for people right now. And I think if it stays the way it's going and this AEW All Elite Wrestling really does take off. I I think you will see that because the Young Bucks and Cody are guys that are in the business and they know, you know, Cody Rhodes has become the biggest name because he was able to be himself. Like he's the, the biggest star in the Indies right now because he came out, he left WWE, he, he's, he was in the Zack Ryder spot, right? He was toiling around in Stardust and he's like, you know what? There's better for me out there. And he hung out the Young Bucks and he made a list. And man, that was what, two years ago? The guy's everywhere. He's probably a bajillionaire by now, making more money than ever before in WWE. So, and the other thing that I would do if I was them, I would change the flipping colors on Monday Night Raw. It's been the same Raw set forever. You got to get rid of the red and black. It looks the same as it did 10 years ago. SmackDown looks okay. And I will give Ring of Honor credit. Because when we were there at Final Battle, uh, you noticed they changed the um, changed the mat, correct, to a light gray. Yeah. When you watched it back on TV, what did you think? I don't. I like the black personally, but I mean, I, I mean, at least you know they're doing some things like they changed the ring apron and, and stuff like that. And they've always been updating the entrance and their set as well to kind of make it a little bit more, you know, better, flashy and better production and things like that. But yeah, there's a, a cosmetic change to um, the television shows and the pay per views. Uh, would be would be good as well. I think that's you know something that makes it look like a fresh product. You know, if you have the, the fresh appearance and you have fresh faces on television, then um, I think that's a step in the right direction. And the question, I guess, again, it comes back to the beginning of you know, can they really do it? Will they really do it? Um, you know, I, to me, until I see them doing it and they sustain it for an extended period of time, um, I'm not going to believe that they're going to really change. And I think they're going to go back to the same you know, uh, thing where we see Big Show and Kane and uh, Randy Orton and Jerry Mysterio and Jeff Hardy and all these guys that have been around forever and ever and ever. Um, the titles, the universal title is still on Brock Lesnar. I mean, so there's, there's just so they really need to make some significant headway in that regard. And we'll see if they do it starting in January, but I'm, I'm kind of under the uh, operating under the, the notion right now of, I'll believe it when I see it because they've got a lot of sponsors and things like that, that they have to cater to and um, all the self-appreciation segments that they have about, you know, charities and all those. This is the first time ever the women have main evented on a Monday night raw uh, when it's below 32 degrees outside on the third day of the fourth month of December. Yeah. You know, again, that's like, I'm cool with, you know, you giving people different opportunities. And I thought that on, you know, at TLC, 
they main evented with the SmackDown Women's Championship match, the the TLC match between Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Asuka. And that's what they should have done because that was the best angle going on TV. So it's good. Um, they can absolutely main event with the women or they can main event with the cruiserweights if they want, if that's the but best angle. But it's the best, best angle. Right. They have to, you have to go with, with that. Yeah, they went with that and they had Rollins Ambrose second from the top and that match kind of pooped the bed, um, unfortunately. but And speaking of pooping the bed, if you don't want to be the one pooping the bed this holiday season, visit our friends over at bluechew.com. Don't forget to put in the promo code WPP and you just pay $5 shipping and handling for your free order of bluechew. Joe, Listen, it's getting late. I got to get some sleep. I'm going to see the Grinch tomorrow on Broadway. Good for you, buddy. That's that's way to be. Good husbanding. It's all about being married, is man. So sacrifice. Before we you sacrifice your love life this year, blue chip. No, I'm just getting ready for that. Before we get out of here, why don't you let everybody know where they can find us on the internet? It was on my way out, bro. Come on, I'm better than that. I'm sorry. Uh, you could, uh, there's a plethora of different places you could find us. Facebook.com slash all night long WP at all night long WP on Twitter, on Instagram, the wrestling perspective podcast network. Find us on uh, the, part of the YouTube. They have the blog talk radio and go to Apple iTunes, hit subscribe, hit like go to YouTube. All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, subscribe. We're like 15 away from 100. If we get to 100, we're going to give away something cool. Joe's going to come to your house and wash your kitchen. Right? That's not going to happen. No. But true story, we actually have given away Monday Night Raw tickets before. so We have done that, yes. So, I mean, there's anything anything can happen on the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast, as they used to say in the WWE back in 1994. So. <laughs> it's all deadly. Another episode of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast is in your books. He is the host. He is the stallion. I am the co-host. I am the enforcer. And another week, we're tapping out. Mischief and mayhem in songs to be sung.